Season two of Have You Got Five Minutes is brought to you in partnership with Nextdoor, the neighbourhood app that's used by one in seven households in the UK. This past 18 months, we've all needed to connect a little closer with the communities around us and Nextdoor are working to create a kinder place for people to have a neighbourhood that they can rely on. Tap into your neighbourhood at nextdoor.co.uk or download the app from your app store. I'm Rebecca Roberts. Hi, I'm Harriet Small. Welcome to Have You Got Five Minutes, the PR, comms and marketing podcast answering the things you'd normally have asked about at an event or while making a brew in the office. Hi Harriet, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm all right. I feel like we should caveat this whole episode to the fact that you're currently in Mexico, I'm in Cornwall and we're that that committed to the pod, we're recording. (laughs) Yes, we've juggled time zones. I was awake at this time, five o'clock a.m., to be posting social content on social media for the pod. So that's how committed we are. And I did the show notes from the airport last week. <laughs> I was so impressed to see the show notes this morning. I was expecting to be like, yeah, see you, bitch, bye, I'm on holiday. <laughs> oh, but so we're starting off this episode to talk about when to ask for help at work. Yeah, what do you think? Well, I recently had to ask for some help at work. And it, it was it's not scary. It's, it's okay. Like, So I had to create a newsletter and I needed help with uploading a mailing list because I only had the email addresses and I didn't have other bits of the spreadsheet so I asked for help and I got the help I needed I, I think there's there's no shame in asking for help I would rather ask for help than do it wrong and then butcher a whole process and then give people more work I also think you've just got to be mindful of what you can ask and what you can google for yourself 100% and I think sometimes we can feel like we enter a job being perfect and that we're, we can do 100% of things in, in comms and marketing and PR like things can change really quickly and so I think it's really good sometimes to be able to say look I know a bit about this I want to know a bit more or try and find out stuff without kind of dumping on someone because there's always those admin jobs like you say or stuff that you don't know because you just haven't done it before don't really want to know you can get away with asking it once but if you've been shown how to do it like there's a limit isn't there like so I kind of have to teach yourself a little bit sometimes how to actually do things. Yeah, I guess as well is there are certain parts of the job that you're not going to know without going through that experience. I guess even like part of the reason why we started this podcast was there's so many things that people won't know. They'll learn probably by like osmosis and stuff. So I think also the pandemic, you've got to ask for help because some people probably started new jobs. They're not sure what's going on at the place where they've joined. They need someone to bring them up to speed. There's different processes. People do things really, really differently in different organisations. So there's no there's no harm in asking for help. I think it's a good thing. And also it, it helps you build relationships. Yeah, from a CPD perspective, sometimes there are things that are like formal, like I want to learn this as like an upskilling thing. And there's lots of informal stuff where I've kind of said like, hey, I really want to do this. And I've been seconded to a team where I've like shadowed someone or had an opportunity. So I think you should kind of think beyond there's some practical stuff. And then there's some of the things that might equip you for like longer term professional development as well. So I think it's healthy to ask and just see that as like a normal thing to do as well. Like even at senior level, it's okay not to know everything. Yeah, I've had senior people ask me stuff. I guess also the thing is, is PR comms and marketing is so broad. I would be shocked if somebody came up and said, I know everything about everything in the industry. And I'm able to keep across every case study, every campaign that's come out that's amazing, every tool, every channel. I just look at you and think, do you sleep? What do you do with your life? Are you just constantly researching? How do you know all these things? 
Yeah, I'd just be like, why are you lying? <laughs> There's that as well. The professional blaggers. So on this week's podcast, we have Naomi White. Naomi White is the founder of Naomi White Communications, which she set up in 2014. Her agency specializes in health and wellness with a portfolio of clients such as Boom Cycle, Thrive, Lumen, Fresh Food Fitness, Barcore, Jodie Shield, Move GB and more. She's known for getting her clients all the coveted coverage and broadcast slots Naomi started out in fashion PR working in some of London's top agencies with clients and brands such as Mango, Debenhams and John Russia, just to name a few. In 2020, she launched a PR coaching business, working one-on-one with clients to build and execute their own PR strategy. They too have gone on to feature in Vogue, Glamour and Women's Health. She also runs an online PR school to help product and service businesses learn more about how to get coverage and the power of PR. Welcome to the podcast, Naomi. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. So first question, and I guess you're in good company with both of us who host this pod, is that we're a bit obsessed with fitness and wellness and all things health and healthy lifestyle. So how did you settle into health and wellness as a specialism? And what was that transition like from fashion? Yeah, as we just said, that I, I worked in fashion PR for a number of years before I transitioned into health and wellness. And it was a, I guess, a natural progression based on my personal love for health and wellness. As much as I love fashion personally, I wasn't necessarily that passionate about it as other fashion PRs are. They probably read Vogue every single month from back to front and collect the the magazines. Whereas I very much was more focused on the kind of sports, health, fitness, performance side of things. Um, It also was a time in my life where I was getting fitter and healthier myself. So I had more of a passion personally for exploring different fitness concepts, studios, brands. It was a great time to launch, I suppose, because we were on the of about six years ago when health and fitness really took off and a lot of boutique studios launched and things like that so it was a natural progression for me to transition through from from fashion to health and wellness one of my first projects was to (laughs) I laugh about it now was to um, do the London triathlon with a group of journalists and so all in the name of PR you you saw me going down the Thames in my wetsuit and riding a bike and, and running which seems crazy now but loved it at the time and that was probably what really kickstarted my health and wellness PR journey as to what it is today because I then a few months after that decided to launch my own agency. Amazing and what are the difference or the similarities that you've noticed between the two and, and how was that shift? Similarities obviously PR is PR it's the same concept as it were whether you're working with a fashion brand or a health and fitness brand in the way that you pitch to secure coverage for your clients the angles are very different obviously my knowledge has grown in terms of like my health and wellness knowledge I would say the main differences are probably I guess a personal difference working for the clients that I work for now because I feel like working for health and fitness brands there's so much more satisfaction that you get from working with them and 
from that, I mean the personal impact that those brands have on people's lives and the, just the enhancement of health and well-being that those brands can provide. Whereas obviously with fashion, as much as fashion can help you gain confidence and clothing is amazing, it can be a fairly fickle industry, I suppose, whereas health and wellness has a huge benefit to longevity in terms of health and well-being. So I think me personally, I feel that I, as a PR, am doing, what's the word, doing the nation a better job by promoting health and wellness brands as opposed to me promoting fashion brands Um, and that's just a personal thing there's obviously fashion PRs out there who are very passionate about fashion PR and I think my passion was just health and health and fitness PR and then in terms of your client portfolio because you have brands and then you have individuals as well what are the differences when you're getting coverage so when you're positioning a brand versus when you're positioning an individual what are the sort of differences and the things that you try and tease out when you're speaking to journalists yeah so the differences there are essentially the pitch opportunity that you're going for when you've got a product-based business for example you would be pitching in for what we call a product placement opportunity and so with that I mean you open up a magazine and there may be multiple products featured on a page or it might be a news health and well-being news page for example where they review products and so a picture of the product is actually on the page and then obviously on the individual side of things you'd be looking at achieving more kind of expert quotes to raise credibility so with that an example may be like a nutritionist may put together 10 top tips to gain more fiber in your diet and that would be an example of how you would position yourself as an expert within the media so it's the angle that you go for as to how it is different pitching in those different types of clients and so I guess partly the pandemic but I think it was something that started even before the pandemic was sort of the way the fitness industry evolved you know we have more apps now we have on-demand workouts we have things like Peloton and the other sort of other versions of it or iterations of it and then the evolution of the the boutique gyms and then the rise of personal trainers who sort of now have this sort of cult-like status what do you see changing now that we're sort of trying to carve out a new normal post-pandemic? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting space because obviously the global pandemic has thrown so much at us and has has essentially forced a lot of people, whether it be a studio, an individual PT, it's forced a lot of people to go online, which I think is a really exciting space. And I think it was great to see PTs thriving throughout lockdown, setting up online memberships, etc. So I think there's definitely space for those in the future. It's just if you obviously haven't launched already it's how you diversify yourself in that space so that you're doing something different to what is already existing because there are people thriving within that space in terms of where I kind of see it going I think at home fitness will I think we've all learned how to love at home fitness now most of us have got a a small gym as it were in my living room so I think where people used to lack things like motivation to work out at home I think lockdown has probably taught us that actually you can do a workout at home and positives of that are are you save time within your day so if you're someone like for example with kids or you haven't got as much time in your day to go to the gym and spend an hour and a half in there or however long you want to go for I think at home workouts and gaining that motivation is definitely something that will hopefully stick I personally am someone that still loves to go to the gym I think it's nice to kind of separate your home from your gym life and your work life so I I go to the gym two or three times a week and then I combine that with things like running or maybe going to a class because a couple of my clients are classes so I tend to try and hit up one of those so I think diversity in fitness is definitely something that we'll see more of I think people want variety now that we've spent a whole year in lockdown (laughs) doing the same thing so I think people are looking for diversity I think that 
where we saw the rise of boutique studios around six years ago, there's now an abundance of those. And a new trend that's coming through is that a lot of those boutique studios are now collaborating. So one of my clients, Boom Cycle, is now owned by the same company that owns Cobox and Barcor called United Fitness Brands. And essentially what they formed is this fitness supergroup. And what that enables us to do is essentially to all three brands run in their own entity, but it means that we can offer the communities of all three, the three concepts. From a business perspective, we can save costs in terms of sites, etc. So I think the collaborative approach when it comes to boutique fitness is something that we'll see coming through more and more. In terms of fitness trends... I'm not a lover of a fitness trend. I think we've gone so far down the fitness trend route that it's very hard now to be unique and exciting. And I think some of the trends that come through, quite honestly, are a bit ridiculous sometimes. And people come up with these trends just so that they can have something to talk about. And actually, do they benefit us? Do they have a place within health and wellness? Or is it just like a short term thing? Also, I think something that's actually come through my coaching clients are the need for like mood based workouts and the need to move more intuitively rather than feeling like you have to do something and having the option to choose a class that you feel like doing and maybe going for a run if you feel like it doing strength training if you feel like it like no one has to do anything. So I think the result of lockdown has maybe taken off the pressure off of people to feel like they always have to be doing what the media are telling them to do or what social media is telling them to do so there's a lot of option out there for everybody yeah I I used to hate home workouts I could never actually crack them and and then during lockdown I started doing them and I've got a um, peloton bike and I do a little bit at home but I now have gone back to the gym and I do go to um, a studio and do pilates for my once a week yeah it's just mixing it up because otherwise it can get boring and it can get a bit kind of this is the same thing and you've got to keep it exciting and I definitely felt like that before before lockdown started I was one of those people that would go to the gym three or four times a week I would run but I felt very like I was a hamster on a treadmill and I was week in week out doing the same thing whereas lockdown I think forced us to try new things in terms of joining a membership platform maybe or doing like you say Peloton having that availability to have a spinning class at home like that's probably something that most of us wouldn't have ever thought about had it not been for lockdown and I think yeah the demand for those I guess studio experiences in your own home has definitely grown yeah and I guess it also exposed us to new trainers and more diverse trainers from what we were used to seeing because now you could do a class with someone in America or Australia or even someone who was outside of London so it did have an advantage yeah for sure and like I'm one of those people I love tuning into whether it be like aloe yoga classes for example like it's nice to be able to tap into your favorite trainers but not necessarily have to be in London to go and go to their class and I guess yeah from a like a spinning perspective that could be a peloton class or there's another concept called apex that also has trainers and so if you if you were someone that maybe lived in london and now i don't know you live in dubai or somewhere it's really nice that you can now just online tap into your favorite trainers or explore trainers that weren't necessarily on your radar also because you work with clients in this industry and you know it quite well what have you learned about your own well-being and sort of your own wellness a lot (laughs) so when i first started the health and wellness journey six seven years ago I in all honesty didn't know much about 
health and wellness not like I do now anyway I think there is a lot more out there in terms of education but I think when I first started out in health and wellness I very much grew up in a time where skinny was desirable and cardio training was what everyone was doing the strength training wasn't really a thing if anything strength training was known as like to gain muscle and make you bulky and I guess that's what I love about my journey through health and wellness is that I am so immersed in health and wellness that I have that expertise at my fingertips so I I personally have been able to learn about myself so much more. And I was also a spinning instructor when I first started my PR agency. And through that, I learned so much in terms of you can't just be a spinning instructor and teach spinning four or five times a week. You have to do other training alongside it. Otherwise, your body will just give up on you. So I learned a lot about strength training and the fact that you need to have a diverse training plan in order to stay fit, strong, healthy. I learned a lot about nutrition and how to fuel your body and not just to think that eating less was the goal because everyone wanted to be skinny. That kind of vibe was what I was so used to. And it was actually just quite refreshing to learn a bit more about what your body actually needs as opposed to like striving for some kind of aesthetic goal and actually working more towards having more energy, cognitive function, like being more focused at work. Just all of those things have so much more benefit than the aesthetics of what you get from just going to a workout. And I guess also just following on from that, I think sometimes when you start a wellness journey or a fitness journey, there can be so much out there it gets really confusing and I guess even with social media you sort of get lost in this world of train your abs and then yeah this is the new trend and, and this is what it's going to make you look like Jennifer Lawrence or Gabrielle Union and it's the, like all those things and you just get so muddled up so it can be hard for consumers and I guess that's where sort of really strong narrative comes into it around explaining and educating people. For sure and I think from my perspective as well that's why I'm really passionate about only representing brands in the agency that I truly am passionate about that I feel would have a benefit on people's health and well-being rather than promoting a fad or I wouldn't take on a client that I didn't truly personally believe in. I think when it comes to confusion, I too am confused sometimes when I read the huge amount of information that comes across on social media. I think the media in general, magazines, newspapers, podcasts, everything that we all contribute to it because everyone has their own personal opinion on it. The thing that I've learned over time is that you should stick to listening to one person and one person only. So if you've got a personal trainer and they are credible and you trust them, stick to what they're saying. Don't ask for everyone else's opinion. It's not needed. And that's what I did when I started working with Luke Worthington, who is now actually one of my clients and someone who I highly respect within the health and wellness industry. He is just a walking knowledge bomb. And I take his advice over anyone else. Like even if I'm talking to someone in the gym and they're like, oh, have you tried, I don't know, intermittent fasting? And have you tried this type of training? I'm like, I don't want to hear it because I've got my own focus and I'm trying not to overwhelm myself with further information. So yeah, if I can offer anyone advice, it's to stick to one piece of advice, but make sure that it's credible advice. So do your research, find a credible trainer that has testimonials, client testimonials, proof that they actually know what they're talking about. And the advantage of social media is that those people are at your fingertips and they're willing to offer up that information and it's more readily available. It's just you have to be conscious of what you are consuming in terms of credible information. Yeah, I really like that. So something I find quite interesting about the way you've set up your business, you've also incorporated a PR coaching business in there. What did you see as the gap that you were filling with that coaching offer? I had the idea for a while because I wanted to create a platform that 
made PR more accessible to everybody because PR gets put on this pedestal and people are made to believe that you need an agency that costs thousands of pounds a month and you have to have a minimum of a six month retainer and quite honestly for new businesses that's not feasible but also for new businesses to grow they need PR so it was kind of like well what's the option for these people there isn't really an option apart from going online and having a google like how do you do your own PR which again gives you so much information that you become so overwhelmed and so I spoke to a lot of wellness experts brands anything from service-based business all the way to products to see whether they would be interested in the coaching side of things, whether they would like to learn a bit more about the PR process, how they go about getting featured within media. And the feedback that I got from it was phenomenal. Like there were so many people who were willing to be at the very beginning, I had a few clients who were like case studies to see if it actually was viable. And they achieved such amazing results that then the PR coaching business grew into it's now a self study course, a group coaching course, and I offer one to one training as well. Sometimes the results they get, I'm like, I feel like you're a better PR than me. (laughs) It's, It's amazing to see like one of my clients, Sarah yesterday messaged me and said, she got a feature on Red online a dedicated feature about her business she is a life coach and a career coach and she was like my mum was so excited she's one of 11 kids she shared it with all of them like it's the most exciting thing that's happened to us recently and just how rewarding that is that someone else has been able to achieve that for their own business and they haven't given me all of that power for me to just achieve a few results for them as their PR and then after a few months of working with me they haven't gained any knowledge themselves whereas with coaching they have that knowledge they can go on and use it for years to come, whether they use it themselves or they teach a junior how to do it, they know what is PRable. And so, yeah, I essentially just wanted to give the power back to business owners to enable them to achieve these kind of things themselves and feel the satisfaction that I get as a PR for my clients as well. Yeah, and I think it also empowers them to know if in future they're doing something bigger, what works, what doesn't work, and then they know when to scale and when to bring in resources. So it, yeah, it has so many benefits for them as well. Yes, and I say this to my coaching clients all the time, even if in, I don't know, five years time, you've scaled the business so far that you're like, actually, I need a PR agency now. That's amazing because you now have the knowledge to be able to give your PR agency exactly what they're looking for, which saves so much time, energy, effort, For some clients that I work with who have no knowledge about PR, we can spend weeks going through like a PR strategy and trying to create an angle and some marketing activity that we can potentially PR. Whereas if you've got all of that stuff, you can give that to a PR agency and they can start straight away. So you save yourself so much time and money and you also have the confidence that you know that what you're doing is PRable rather than just giving a PR agency some random information and being like, is this what you're looking for? It's nice to have that reassurance and that confidence that you're actually providing the right information. And I think sometimes the line between PR and social media marketing gets a bit blurred, especially when people in the early stages of building their brand. How do you talk to your clients about that, especially because a lot of your clients will be on social media? Everything is very intertwined. Marketing feeds into PR, feeds into social media marketing. Ironically, I was talking to a marketing expert the other day about digital marketing versus traditional marketing. And she said she gets so many clients come to her asking about things like social ads and SEO and all of that kind of thing. That's not what she specializes in. So I think every industry has this problem that everything is part of the same puzzle and so therefore there's naturally some crossover when it comes to PR the crossover there into social media is obviously social media is a platform that you can use to leverage the media coverage that you've gained so when I say that I mean things like you can say that 
in your bio that you've been featured in the Times or the Telegraph or wherever it is that you've been featured. You can also promote that coverage on social media so that your audience can see that you've been endorsed by these publications and these journalists. You can also make social ads out of it. However, how you promote that coverage goes beyond PR. It then goes into the kind of social media marketing side of things. So the ads, things like which hashtags to use, like all of those kind of things are things that a PR wouldn't necessarily cover. But without the PR side, the social media marketing isn't as successful as it could be. And I guess finally is what advice would you give someone who's considering going into PR and the fitness, wellness and sort of health side of it? I think back to like my first day at a PR agency, quite scary. I think if I was to offer anyone advice that's just starting out, it would be to gain as much experience as possible. So apply to a freelancer or a small agency or even a large agency if you can to be an intern and be like, it is hard work at the beginning. You don't get paid very much money. I fully appreciate it. But it's an enjoyable job. It's one of those jobs that's very creative. It's fun. Like you get to do events. You get to meet journalists all the time. You get to see your everything that you've put your time and effort into when it comes out in like a print publication is so satisfying. So the groundwork that you put in at the beginning is worth it in the end. So yeah, gain experience. Also tune into as much training that's available online for free. There are PR coaches out there that offer coaching to PRs. I obviously offer coaching to business owners but there are coaches out there that can offer PR coaching so that you can learn a bit more about how to get into PR like how to create a pitch what makes a hook all of those kind of things and often like I do they do like free masterclasses and things like that so I think that's a great way of also just getting your foot in the door and how I got into PR was that I did a degree in events management and as part of that degree in my third year we had a placement year and I decided to do my placement year at a fashion PR agency so I spent a whole year essentially perfecting my craft and and learning what it is to be a PR. And it wasn't necessarily that I would leave uni to be a PR. I did, but it was just for me to explore that a bit more as a career option. So if you've got like a summer coming up, for example, and you've got a couple of months, use it to your advantage and go and get some experience. Thank you so much for coming on. That's okay. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us and everything we've mentioned will be in the show notes. We're talking about the questions and issues that matter to you. So DM us on social or get in touch with Harriet at commsovercoffee.com or myself Rebecca at threadandfable.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate, review, subscribe so others can find us and have five minutes with us. Find us on Twitter at RebeccaRobert7 or at Harriet Smalsey. Season two of Have You Got Five Minutes is brought to you in partnership with Nextdoor, the neighbourhood app that's used by one in seven households in the UK. This past 18 months, we've all needed to connect a little closer with the communities around us and Nextdoor are working to create a kinder place for people to have a neighbourhood that they can rely on. Tap into your neighbourhood at nextdoor.co.uk or download the app from your app store.